0: This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture.
1: Hello, everybody. It's Scott Pinyard, head coach of This Naked Mind, and I am back with another edition of Coaching Questions. I have four of them for you this month, so I'm going to dive right in. Question number one, I am now on day 20, yes, day 20, that's awesome, and have been feeling so angry and generally grouchy. My sweet husband is fantastic. I am thought of as a nice person. However, I do not feel nice at all anymore. I am much less able to tolerate things I didn't like before, and uh, before, but just took it or handled it anyway. Is this normal? Will this pass? Why has it taken so long for the anger to surface? I do think this also happened before when I quit for 98 days. I'm so mad I didn't make it to 100. <laughs> All right. So first, I want everybody on the on listening to this to join me in a deep breath. (sighs) So, why did I do that? One of the main reasons that I did that is that one thing that is incredibly common in this process is that uh, emotions can feel a little bit raw, especially at first, and especially as we adjust to living alcohol free. See, a lot of us used alcohol as a way to deal with difficult emotions. Um, I can talk about from my, uh, from my personal experience, it was stress and anxiety, and uh, I think a little bit of depression. Um, And those three things I used to drink to make go away. Now, this wasn't always necessarily a conscious thought, um, but over time, what happened for me, and I've heard this from hundreds of other people as well, is I kind of lost my ability to handle those emotions without alcohol. You know, you can think of emotional resilience kind of like a muscle, right? And if you work out a muscle and you get a huge bicep, say, and then you stop working out, what happens? muscle atrophies, the same thing can happen with our emotional resilience. And so, yes, it is completely normal um, to feel kind of angry, grouchy, right? It's also normal sometimes to feel sad. Um, I like to describe this transition from dealing with our emotions with alcohol to dealing uh, with our emotions without alcohol, kind of like that scene from The Wizard of Oz, right? Where it's black and white, and then suddenly it's technicolor. Um, that you know, makes it sound like a happy emotion, but the reality of the situation um, is this happens for both happy and sad emotions, right? So I have just as many emails from people talking about feeling grouchy um, and kind of raw as I do uh, emails from people saying, I cannot believe how happy I am. I cannot believe how much joy I experience. See, when we're not using alcohol, we're not numbing those emotions. And when we're not numbing those emotions, we have to find a way to deal with all of this. Um, So first, yes, it is incredibly common. Second, will it go away? Yes, it absolutely will. What's going to happen over time is you're going to adjust. Um, You're going to adjust to a new normal. And that normal is going to mean a new baseline of like your average mood. But it's also going to mean that there's highs and lows and you're going to get used to dealing with those as well. Um, so don't worry, this is not like a forever thing. Um, and I just want to give you a few tips, a couple of, a few ideas of what you can do to, to make this transition a little bit easier for you. Um, first, and this is probably no surprise, make sure you're getting enough sleep. Um, you know, it is amazing to me and someday I'll talk a little bit more about this on, on, uh, on this podcast, Um, but it's amazing to me how many of us are sleep deprived, uh, myself included until just a few months ago, until I started measuring it. And then I noticed how just a little bit less sleep corresponded to a huge fluctuation in mood for me. Um, and I've heard this from other people and I've dug into some of the research about it. Um, it really is important. I know we like to say things like, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead or I'm too busy to sleep or I've got too much going on, but the reality is you can't really afford not to get enough sleep. Um, So that's number one, make sure you're getting enough sleep. Number two, uh, another big one, another physiological one, make sure you are moving around. Right. Get exercise. Um, It doesn't need to be anything crazy. It can just be a walk around the block. Um, If you're into lifting weights, it can be that. But moving your body in general can help you in processing these emotions, particularly those negative ones. Um, So that that grouchiness and that anger, that's great workout fuel. Um, So make sure you're doing that. Um, Third, spend some time to express these negative emotions, but don't. Do it responsibly, right? Um, So, you know, Part of learning how to process this stuff um, is learning how to really express it. And something that happens to us when we keep these emotions inside, you know, an emotion inside is like this mixture of words and movies and colors and pictures, and it's just not clear, right? It's not a clear um, thing. And so it's, it feels confusing and it just feels like this cloud in our head. Now, when you express that emotion, you have to use what I call the framework of language, right? It makes you take all of that swirling mass in your head and make some order out of the chaos. And through making order out of the chaos, you get to understand it a little bit better for what it is, and it helps you feel better. Now, the reason I said express it responsibly um, is that, you know, I'm not suggesting here to just go unload on someone. I'm not suggesting to go unleash on your, what do you call them? Your sweet husband, right? Um, Unleash on your journal right use uh voice notes i use voice notes all the time um whatever works for you express this emotion get it out um that's again is going to help it seem more manageable but also is going to relieve some of the pressure um so i hope all of that helps and please don't worry this will go away congratulations again on the 20 days that's really exciting um okay question two uh, it goes like this, hello, I'm in your new PATH program in an intensive group. Since starting the process and being told that we aren't going to be asked to quit drinking for the first eight weeks, I've seen a huge uptake in the amount I'm drinking on a daily basis. Is this normal? Is this a bad sign? I'm not sure what to think. Um, awesome. Well, that's a great question. For those of you who don't know, the PATH is our uh, subscription program where people can come into uh, into our universe. They get access to a lot of our programs and they get to, um, this person is in a coached group. Um, so they're in a group with about 80 or so other people and they have weekly calls. Um, and uh, this comes up all the time. It comes up in the intensive and I know it comes up in the book. It came up for me um, when I quit using the book. Um, so uh, for those of you who might not be super familiar with, uh, with the This Naked Mind methodology, um, We uh, don't recommend quitting with willpower. And so that means that when people come into our alcohol-free programs, one of the first things we talk about is quit trying to quit. Right. Stop trying to stop drinking and instead put that energy into learning, put that energy into understanding yourself and the emotional patterns that you're going through while you're drinking. And we have a lot of tools and a lot of tactics and a lot of ways of of working through that that then allow you um, to win for when you actually do go alcohol free um, for it to be much easier. So this is always a surprise to people. They join a program and they get on a call with a coach and the coach says, all right, we're not going to quit drinking for eight weeks is what it is in the intensive program. Um, And if you read the book, uh, Annie says, and it's right in the beginning of the book, like, don't try to quit until the end. Put your time and focus on learning. And I remember when I went through this. I experienced exactly the same thing. Um, it was almost like, woohoo, I got permission to drink, right? And so my, my consumption went up. Now, there's a couple of things that are going on there, and I've seen this over and over. Um, first is this idea, like we are, have not let the pressure off of ourselves in a long time. Right, so we haven't said like, "Hey, it's okay if I drink a little more um, for a long time." Normally, that's associated with so much guilt and shame and blame, um, and just the freedom of that can tend to have us up our intake a little bit. Another thing that happens, which is really interesting to me, is. as we start going into this program we start to realize wait a minute like my thinking is changing things are shifting for me what is happening um, and what actually can happen from that is a little bit of panic um, and a little bit of even subconscious dread where you start to feel like oh my god like pretty soon I'm not gonna have this thing right and it makes you want it even more um, so yes it's in to- totally normal no it is not a bad sign um, as you progress through the program uh, in this case, through the intensive or if you're reading the book, as you read the book, what's going to happen is your shift, your thinking is going to shift. We call this the mindset shift. Um, and you kind of shift from a place of, oh, man, I can't, I, I, I need to drink every day. And the, the way that we feel about that with making excuses and giving ourselves the reasons and all of that stuff, you shift from that place to a place of, man, I don't really want it. Um, And it doesn't happen overnight, right? This is a process. This happens along a spectrum and it's important to recognize that. But while you're watching the intensive videos and working with your coaches or while you're reading the book, this rewiring is happening. Right. This rewiring is is going on. And as it goes on, um, you're going to notice some difference in thinking and you'll notice some change in consumption. Um, So don't worry about it. Um, Obviously, be safe. um, But as time goes on, you'll see that you'll see that shift. And, you know, we tell people in the intensive uh, week eight um, is when we ask you to go, (coughs) excuse me, ask you to go alcohol free. In the book, um, it's one of the last chapters uh, in Annie's book where she asked you to. Um, I did not make it to the last chapter. Uh, The last, so I read it, uh, the the time that I read it when I quit, I took about two months to go through it. I like journaled and wrote and I did all of this stuff as I went through it. Um, And I think I was maybe three quarters of the way through and I just one night just didn't want alcohol anymore. And it was weird. Um, And it feels like a lot of people say it's like a Jedi mind trick, Um, but it's not right. It's just us changing our thoughts and emotions and beliefs around alcohol and the shift happens. Um, So don't worry about that. Keep doing the work. Make sure you're doing the reflections. Take this material and make it about you. That's where the work is. And if you do that, you will 100% get to the other side and this won't be an issue anymore. Um, So I hope that helps. Uh, Congratulations on being in the path. That's really cool. Um, Hope to see you in there. Okay, question number three. During your first year of sober experiences, what did you find were your best tools when going into those classic drinking events, weddings, vacations, and concerts where everyone else around you would be drinking? As Um, I'll be embarking on all of those experiences in the next three weeks. I feel strong, but just a few extra suggestions, uh, would be appreciated. Thank you. Oh, what a great question. So (coughs) one thing, excuse me, one thing that uh, a lot of people find kind of frustrating, um, about, quitting alcohol, um, is how do I deal with these events, right? It's one thing if I'm sitting at home and I'm on my couch, but it's quite different if I'm out with my friends or doing something else. Um, So there are, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit in the next question, actually, about fear of missing out, which is generally where this comes from. Um, But here I want to give you some tactics and some things that you can do um, to really help maximize this. First and foremost, before you go to any of these things, revisit your commitment right? Revisit that decision, that firm decision that you've made to go alcohol free. Um, It helps to remind ourselves of that, right? It helps to remind ourselves of the why, right? Why did I do this? Um, What has been good for me? You're saying that you're strong, which I'm taking to mean you're alcohol free. So You know, take inventory before you go, right? What does it mean to feel strong? Do I feel good? Do I not feel good? Um, Just be very clear with yourself as you're going into these events that you're not going to drink, you know, and make that decision. One of the things that I found to be really helpful when I went through this um, was that I gave myself permission to do whatever I had to do to not drink. So if that meant that I went into the place and uh, there were people drinking and it was too much for me, I could turn around and walk right out. Um, Giving myself that permission to do that took a ton of the pressure off of me going into this. Um, So that's one tip. Another tip, you know, is, you know, watch when you're there, who you're hanging out with. Um, you, one of the things that you will notice when you, uh, stop drinking is how many people actually aren't drinking. Um, there's something that happens when we were part of a drinking culture and we decided to shift to become alcohol free, uh, where we think everybody drank, right? That's one of the things we told ourselves. Our social life is going to tank and it's going to be so difficult and all of this stuff. Um, Well, what happens when we, uh, when we do this, when we actually go through the shift is we start to recognize, wait a minute, there's a lot of people who aren't drinking. There's a lot of people who aren't, you know, um, you know, aren't getting beer after beer. So look for those people, you know, observe that it's a really interesting thing to find. Um, and, uh, finally, I think one of my favorite ones, um, is get involved in conversation. So, you know, uh, one thing that, you know, as we're drinking, we're not as good at over time is like really connecting with people, really getting to know people. Um, and you know what it's like, right? You're at an event, you're doing something, and all of a sudden, you know, you're having a conversation and then we end up repeating ourselves or we end up not really being able to con- carry on a conversation. You are going into these situations with a gift, which is that gift of clarity. So use it. One of my favorite things to do was to see how many people I could talk to um, when I was at an event right? Especially if I was somewhere where I knew people, I would go around and I would talk to people. Another really great thing to do is ask people questions about themselves. Challenge yourself. Like, I'm not kidding. It's really fun. See how many questions you can ask any given person that you talk to. Um, but enjoy yourself, right? Focus on other people, focus on learning about other people. Um, and it is amazing how quickly time can fly. Um, so there are some tips for you. I hope that helps, um, Wow, you have a what did you say? A wedding, a vacation, and a concert, um, all happening in the next three weeks. So, you know, it's uh, it's going to be awesome. Um, and you're going to get what we call reps, right? Which is the more you experience this stuff, the stronger that you get. Um, so you have that coming up. You're going to rock it. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for writing in and write back in and tell us how it goes for you. Okay, last one, folks. Question number four. I feel like I have a split personality when it comes to alcohol. On one hand, I get excited about the freedom of being alcohol free. But on the other hand, I get major FOMO, which is fear of missing out. Uh, when I think about never drinking again in certain situations, did you experience this? Does it go away after you've gone through enough experiences to realize you don't need or miss it? Fantastic question. And you know, another one that we hear all the time. Um, FOMO is real. No doubt about that. Um, and it goes away, but it can be kind of intense. Um, so, you know, what FOMO actually is about um, is about this idea that you're still attaching some sort of value to what other people are going through when they drink alcohol. So as you know, a big part of this Naked Mind methodology um, is for us to no longer have any sort of emotional charge around alcohol. Right. Where we feel that it doesn't really value or we don't value it much or at all. Um, And so because like personally, that's where I'm at. So because I really don't value the experience of drinking alcohol anymore, I have zero FOMO. Um, because I'm not missing out. Um, so, uh, the fact that you're experiencing it is really good news because it means that you can go into those thoughts and feelings and you can figure out, all right, is there something else going on here, right? Am I, you know, what am I seeing? What am I afraid that I'm missing? What am I experiencing that I don't necessarily want to? Um, and that will lead you to a great place to kind of work on that thinking. Now, physically, um, it can be really interesting. And what I suggest there is leaning into it. And what do I mean about that? So when you feel FOMO come up, take a minute and be like, here it comes. What's happening, right? Where do I feel this physically? How am I feeling mentally? How am I feeling emotionally? What are the words that I'm thinking right now? And I recommend doing this not from a place of, oh, man, I got to quash this FOMO and I don't ever want to feel it, right? I recommend doing it from a place of curiosity, of genuine curiosity, of exploration. Because when we do that, we can find the things that we're still attaching value to. So, you know, maybe you're going to a party and when you're on your way to your party, you're starting to feel that FOMO and you take a second and get quiet. And what comes to you is that, you know, you really think that alcohol helps you connect, or you really think that alcohol is gonna help you have a good time. It's really good and valuable information to hear that because then you can take that and you can work on those thoughts. And you can ask yourself the question, right? Do I, does alcohol really help me, right? Is this really helping me be social? Is it really helping me have a good time? And when you're aware of that stuff, you can use all the tools that we give you like the ACT technique. to work through that and to work to the other side of that FOMO. Um, Do not worry. FOMO happens. FOMO can be intense. But FOMO goes away. And one of the best ways I know for FOMO to go away is for you to actually mow. For you to actually miss out, right? For you to actually go to this, um, you know, to whatever event or party or whatever it might be and not drink, right? And as you adjust to living alcohol-free and you have these experiences, you start to realize that there's no such thing as FOMO for you. Right, you can't mow, you can't miss out um, because there's nothing for you to miss out on. So, when you are ready, get out there, get some reps, go to some parties, and go to some whatever it is you know, social functions, uh, socially distanced social functions, right? Whatever it is, um, do it, experience it, lean into it find out what the thinking is that's going on there and then work with those thoughts and emotions. That is gonna help you get past FOMO and to a place where um, it just doesn't exist for you anymore. Um, So I hope that helps. Great question. Um, All right, everybody, uh, that is it for me. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I'll be back next month with another edition of Coaching Questions. Hope you're all doing well. Take care.
0: Hey, it's Annie Grace. I wanna tell you about the most important book that I never wrote, and I mean that. This is This Naked Life. It's 48 true stories of people finding freedom from alcohol, and it's so inspiring. It's our stories, as you know from this podcast, that truly change us, that revolutionize what we believe is possible for ourselves. So it's This Naked Life. You can find it on Amazon or check it out online, even download it 100% free at nakedlifestories.com. And every single copy that you buy, all the proceeds are 100% committed to keeping the alcohol experiment forever free for anybody who needs it. So check it out. It's such an inspirational book.